Welcome to the By Words Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Hughes. I love helping passionate women gain clarity about their purpose so they can kick fear to the curb, break up with the hustle, and say goodbye to the lies that hold us back from pursuing our dreams wholeheartedly. We're going to get open and honest, share some laughs, and maybe some tears. But at the end of the day, my hope is that you will walk away encouraged, inspired, and ready to step into your purpose with confidence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive right in. Love is powerful. It eradicates fear, brings us together, and equips us to live out our purpose in the earth. Honestly, I'm not sure there's a problem love couldn't remedy. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your copy of my new book, Love Is Remastered, and join me in making this world a better place by learning to love more intentionally than ever before. This book also supports Traffic 911, which is a local nonprofit that helps youth coming out of human trafficking in Dallas-Fort Worth. You can get yours today at thehannahughes.com slash shop. That's thehannahughes.com slash shop. Okay, now let's get into the episode. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here today. We're going to talk about doubt, which is something I feel like we all deal with from time to time. There have definitely been plenty of times in my own life where I've doubted myself, my abilities, my calling, even God, and it can really stunt us when it comes to living our purpose, and we don't have time for that, right? So I have my friend Victoria Greenwald here to help us out today, and I just can't wait for you to hear from her. Victoria is a spiritual life coach for women in ministry and a business coach for Christian women launching into entrepreneurship. She helps women build deep, intimate relationships with God as they build his kingdom here on earth. She's currently serving as the director of digital discipleship at Wheaton Bible Church and resides outside of Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Victoria. I am so glad you're here. Hello. Oh, it's so good to be here. So good to be here. I'm so glad to have you here, and I'm really excited to dive into this conversation about doubt because I feel like this is something we all deal with, but it's not talked about very much, or it seems kind of like taboo, like especially in the Christian circles sometimes, I feel like we can feel bad or like ashamed that we're struggling with doubt maybe. Like, I don't know, but I'm just ready to unpack this with you. So we're talking about doubt, and first of all, I'd just love to hear how you have experienced it in your own story. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I'm I'm so excited to talk about this. We were just talking about this before we started recording, but yeah, this is like un, undealt territory for um, lots of women of faith. This feels like such a taboo, shameful thing. So I'm so excited to kind of like pull that veil back a little bit. Yeah. Um, even if it's just the two of us, hopefully it, it resonates with some others. Yes. Um, yeah. So in my story, I, um, do you care about the Enneagram? Is that a thing that your people care about? Oh yeah. I'm really fascinated by it at least. <laughs> Me as well. Um, so I'm I'm a three, which means I'm I'm an achiever. Me so, too. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, are we the same? This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. So I'm I'm expecting a lot of this conversation now for us to be like, oh, me too. Yeah. Okay. So anywho, so what that kind of means for y'all who do not care about the Enneagram is I care a lot about knowing what's going on and like having a vision for my future and running after it, chasing it knowing what's happening, boom, 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 bigger, better all the time. Um, right. And I've kind of operated that way for most of my life. That was really rewarded when I was like growing up. So that felt like if I know what's happening, mm. then I've got it. Um, yeah. So I went to college 
kind of knowing what I wanted to do. And by the time I graduated, I was like, I am going to be a lifestyle writer. I am going to work for this very specific company. I'm going to live the most beautiful dream in Chicago. And I got to do all of those things. I basically Mm -hmm. like everything I kind of ever wanted, I got once I graduated college, which is like not something that happens for 22 year olds. So I was like, oh my gosh, God loves me the most and I must (laughs) be right. Um, And like, three months into this job, three months into living into this city that I thought was going to be like the end all be all for me. I was so miserable. (laughs) Oh, it was, uh, the job was not what I wanted it to be. Hmm. The the city was not what I wanted it to be. I was like missing my friends, my relationship with God. I had come out of a, a Christian college and now was working in a secular environment. And that like gap from having Christian structure provided to me and like Mm. spiritual discipline provided to me to having nothing. I felt really, I felt really lost. Unmoored was like kind of the word I was using. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, And more than having the like actual thing that I thought was my purpose, thought was my calling, like not pan out was almost like this deeper level of identity of like, if I, if I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing anymore, who am I? Who, what? Yeah. Like, I, I felt like I really was doubting sort of the whole of it. Um, that like, I thought all these pieces were going to lead me here and then they didn't. So therefore all the pieces must have been wrong. Mm. Um, so that led to a real season of confusion and doubt, not so much like doubt of like, is my faith real? Is God real? But more of like, I thought I heard you and now I think I'm wrong. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I know you at all. I don't know if I know me at all. Wow. And that is a really freaky place to be if you've right. ever been there. Um, <laughs> and so that like, I, I would be so remiss to say that like, and now I figured it out. I work right. at a church now, which is awesome. I love working at a church. Um, and I do, I have like gone through a series of trying new things um in in my career I do coaching which is how how we got connected um and after several more iterations of like no this is my calling I'm never gonna doubt it again I have kind of like landed in this space of um I'm never I'm never gonna know what's happening next and like Mm. for me to trust for me to put all of my trust in me and in like the path itself, that's going to lead to a lot of doubt and a lot of like unshakiness because I can't trust that. But I can trust the character of God and I can trust that he knows what's going on. And the more I've started to kind of like pull my trust away from me and put it onto what God has for me, I have found that to be much more stabilizing. Mm. Not that it removes doubt, but it, the, that gap between um, – can I trust myself and can I trust you, God, is getting like smaller and smaller. Like there's less space of like, what's happening? Right. Um, yeah. And much more stability there. So that's kind of my like journey with, with doubt over the last few years. Yeah. Wow. That's really beautiful. And you brought up some really huge points in there. I mean, the struggle with identity, I feel like plays into doubt hugely. Mm-hmm. And then also I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned that you came from a Christian school into like, quote, the real world. And I know this isn't everybody's experience, but I definitely had that experience where I grew up in church. Mm -hmm. I grew up going to a private Christian school. Then I went to Bible college and it's like this bubble, right? And so it just becomes familiar to like be reading the Bible or hearing about God. And it's just kind of like 
I don't know, you feel like you're thrown out to finally learn to stand on your own two feet when you enter the real world or finally leave that bubble. Yeah. And I feel like doubt really comes into play there. And again, not everybody has had that bubble experience, but even like in church culture now, I feel like we can lean a lot on that for our mm-hmm. faith rather than just really digging in and figuring out for ourselves, what is my identity? Yeah. How do I trust God? Like, how does this all flesh out? How does faith flesh out? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is such a, such a good word. I had a pastor say to me, not, well, not to me, to a sermon that I was listening to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it stuck with me for years and years. He said, don't ever make the mistake of confusing proximity with God with intimacy with God. And wow. I think, yeah. I mean, wow. Um, that's, that's a really good. good benchmark for me that I think coming out of like those kinds of Christian bubble environments, we can learn really quickly what was just proximity and what was really built intimacy. And like, there's overlap of those things, but to confuse them. And then when we like get out mm. there and we're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's like something to be, to be building and growing in. Anyway. Yes. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So those are definitely two main areas I feel like doubt comes up in, but how would you even explain doubt? Like what exactly is doubt? Where does it come from? Yeah. That is such a good question. I was sitting in front of this for a little bit and I like straight up Googled. I was like, what does Miriam Webster <laughs> say that doubt is? Um, and it was like fear and uncertainty. I was like, that's, that's accurate. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think my experience of doubt has been so connected to, to fear either on like fear spurring the uncertainty or my uncertainty creating fear. Mm. Um, and like either way that those things I think feel really connected when we doubt. I think like the general gist of it is like, can, can I trust this thing? And I, I almost want to like separate real, not real doubt versus fake doubt. Cause I don't think that's a thing. Let's say like healthy doubt and like doubt that's from the enemy. And we're going to talk mm. about this in a second. Like yeah. Doubt, doubt can be pushed upon us by the enemy of our souls. Um, but I also think the Lord uses those same internal feelings of, of doubt, like that, that pit in your stomach, that intuition that says no, that like sweaty palm anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. I think the Lord can use that to help remove our trust from something that is not trustworthy and like put it somewhere else. And I don't know if, if I want to call that doubt. But it's, I think they like offer, I think they feel the same. And so I want to like yeah. kind of those things. And I think that can be, that's like such a blessing and a gift from God, even if it feels awful. <laughs> like right. what happened with me, I think that's kind of what happened with me was like, I don't, um, with my story, like I trusted so much in, in myself and in my job. And then the Lord was like, we got to, that's not where this is supposed to be. So that level yeah. of doubt, I think is really healthy. But then I think there's this, this doubt of like, when we doubt things that are true, Mm. That is, that is like the enemy coming in and being really manipulative and like often asking us like, did God really say that he's trustworthy? Like, can you really, can you really believe that he's going to like make this work out? Okay. Like your boredom, is that going to be okay? Your, your fear, is that going to be okay? Um, and I think that's like straight from the enemy. Um, yeah. And so I think it can come from a place of like, yeah, lack of trust, but where that takes us, whether to like good release of idols that we held or to a place of like disobedience and like walking in a direction. Cause I think we can, we can follow doubt as far as we want. It's not going to lead us somewhere great, but we, we can right. follow it. We're given that choice. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think that those, those are kind of like the two separations I see for that. Yeah. And that's really interesting. I've never really made that association before where it's like, you know, one may be a scheme of the enemy to trip us up. And then one might just be a signal that, okay, there's something here, like an unsettledness that's maybe indicating something a little deeper that God is trying to reveal to us, like bringing something to light to help us move in a different direction. So I think the motivation of fear is a key part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like when we're talking about purpose, it's a really personal thing. <laughs> it gets a really emotions and passion are involved. It can feel very raw, really vulnerable. And when we put ourselves out there, like when we're taking steps of faith or just like purely being vulnerable in any sense of the word, like it can feel uncomfortable. And one thing that I've noticed a lot in my story and with other women I've worked with is that the responses and opinions we get from others when we, when we choose to take steps of faith and be vulnerable can really stir up doubt. So how do you deal with that? Because I feel like that is such a real thing for women. And I mean, probably every human being. Oh my gosh. I I think so specifically for women, because I think we operate from such a place of intuition and such a place of feeling. I think this is Mm. a real gift from the Lord that we, I think it is easier for women, many women to, to feel embodied, to be in their body and like resonate with with their physical feelings and have that be indicative of like where they think they should go. Yeah. And how doubt is really embodied. Like there's, I don't experience a lot of doubt of like, did you notice those facts didn't line up? Like it's very much like (laughs) this feels wrong. Um, And I have to unpack what that is. And yes, I am absolutely the person who's like, okay, I need to bring this before as many people as possible and like get other opinions. And when those opinions do not match what I want them to, Mm. I I'm such a people pleaser. And like, I think this is like such a, almost a new thing for me because I felt very independent. I'm very bold. I know what I want. So I'm like, people don't influence me, but I actually (laughs) care what people think about me so freaking much. Um, and I think we're going to, I think we're going to talk about this a lot, but like bring in the people that you want. Great. Mm. If you, if you are not comparing those things to the truth of scripture, it is, you're going to feel really like thrown about by like the whims of others. If that makes sense. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. I, I used to really like judge this reaction of mine when I would like ask people like, oh, what do you think about this? And if they said something I didn't like, and then I had a feeling of like, I didn't like you anyway. I wanted to do it or whatever, (laughs) or like starting to believe, starting to feel reactive to whatever they were, they were saying. I used to like get really frustrated at that that feeling. And then I would just obey it. I would just be like, okay, cool. Whatever you said, I'll just do because I don't want to feel this tension anymore. So I'm just going to do it. Um, And I would like shut down a lot of stuff. Like I, when I first left that job that I wanted in like lifestyles, whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I started my own blog. I sat on like the Instagram post of like, hi, I have a blog for a month. I was just like looking at it. And I was like, if I post this and somebody thinks it's dumb, then like, I, I can't do it. I will, I will bend to whatever they say. I don't have enough confidence that like, this is real Mm. or good or my calling or whatever. Um, and that is absolutely such a real thing. And I, totally still experience that. Um, I think two things that I have found particularly helpful, this might be more than two, maybe like two A and two B, (laughs) Um, but uh, moving at a pace 
that allows me to have a second reaction. So not just to have that mm-hmm. first reaction of like, oh, okay, you don't like that. You think it's bad or you think, yes, it's absolutely the best thing I should possibly do. I'll just do whatever you say to yeah. avoid this tension, to move slow enough that I can have that reaction, give it a hug, and then move on to a truer reaction of like, okay, now I have new information and I'm going to like process that with, with the belief that what I want to, what I want to be doing is true. Mm-hmm. And I think like holding that, that thing, even if you like don't physically feel in your body, like, yes, I, I believe this thing the most, but to, to make decisions that honor your, your chosen calling, your chosen next step as the true thing to be bigger than what anybody else is like going to say about it, I found to be super helpful. And that requires me moving much slower through life Mm. than like the fast pace that I want to be moving, especially when it comes to purpose and calling. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think that like really connects to boundaries too of like, Mm. I, I used to give, and by used to, I mean up until like six months ago, like, <laughs> I ser- like I used to give every person that talked to me on the internet and in real life the same weight. It's like, well, you're, and I think that's like a, actually a real gift to like kind of view people with like such, um, I don't know, equality that I'm like, everyone is yeah. valuable. Everyone's made in the image of God. Yeah. But what my mom says about what I'm doing and how well she knows me versus what some girl from high school says or what I think she says because I don't know about me, like those things don't hold equal weight. And right. so I think learning to have, to have boundaries of like whose opinion gets to actually move you and like, who are you going to trust? I think it all goes back to trust. Mm. Like that, that is a really valuable practice. Yeah. Um, and is like not, not taught. <laughs> right. So, yeah. That would be my other suggestion is to like really flex those boundaries. And like, even if that's just private, like for yourself, like who, who will you allow to kind of like sway what you believe to be your calling and what God says about you and be incredibly selective about those people and then learn how to let everybody else go. Bless them and release them. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. That is such a huge lesson that's taken me almost a lifetime to learn as well. And I still haven't mastered it. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. know if we ever will. Um, because it is true. Like it's wired in us to value the opinions of others, to care what they think, but you're so right. Like we have to decide from the get-go, like who we're going to let move us. I love that verbiage. Like Mm -hmm. that's so, that's so good and so insightful. And I feel like, and, and you mentioned this earlier too, like that doubt or that question that we sometimes ask, did I get it wrong? Did I miss here or did I miss my calling? Like, how do I even figure out what my purpose is? I feel like when we have so many voices weighing in, Mm. it can really blur all of that for us and make it kind of confusing. And what would you say to that? Like, how do you think we actually figure out what our purpose is? And then how do we hold on to that when the doubt creeps in? I think the first thing we got to start with is purpose is not something we will spend our lives like seeking and like trying to find. Purpose has already been given to us. It is, it is ours in this moment right now. Our purpose is to be like Jesus and spend time with God. Like that's the thing. That's it. And that drives me crazy because I'm so production oriented. I'm like, but what mm. am I supposed to do? And the like execution, right. like based on w- where I was born and what I'm gifted with and what I love, all of that is like super unique. And I, we can talk about that in two seconds, but I think the, the most important important thing is to remember that our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him 
forever. And so when you are experiencing moments of doubt, if you're in a season of confusion or trying to figure out what the next practical step for you is, and you are feeling like the pressure on that is bigger and bigger and bigger because you feel like that's the purpose. Like whatever you are executing, whatever you're doing is the truest, most highest calling on your life. It is not. The truest calling for you is to sit at the feet of Jesus and mold your life to look like his. And that is a life that is full of rest and worship and service. And those are things that you can do in the immediate. Like you can, mm. you can sing a praise song. You can say, Lord, I love you. You can like take a pause. That is you executing your purpose. So I really want to start there. That that is like the truest, most beautiful thing yes. about us. And I think if that is our true purpose, we are constantly as a culture, especially like women in the space we're working in, um, are constantly experiencing doubt. I see it like mm -hmm. with hustle and with burnout and with like trying to, I have like two side jobs. I like physically live the doubt that my purpose is to love God and enjoy him forever. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think I, I personally, and I'm trying to encourage others to do, to tackle that before we kind of tackle the like specificity of what the execution of how I live that calling out into the world would look like. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. Huge. that's huge. You're so right. Like with the hustle culture and we, the pressure we feel as women to have it figured out mm -hmm. so that we can hurry up and be living our purpose. It totally takes away from the heart of what we were even designed for. So I'm so glad mm -hmm. you mentioned that. That is the perfect place to start. Yeah. yeah. We, could just, we could just wrap it up right there. Like that's it. Period. Yeah. We're done. God loves you. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So that's like a, that's a personal thing for me. And so that's like something I'm screaming at everybody these days, but yeah, also yeah. like the, the specificity of like, you were given gifts and passions and strengths and a story that is messy for a very particular purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think additionally, I have spent years and tears on trying to figure out what the right singular combo of those things is. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding that that how your how your calling lives out is incredibly flexible which is great if we have like a locked in vision of i'm here to glorify god enjoy him show his love to the rest of the world live like jesus if that's our like main purpose the day-to-day -day strategy of how we execute that gets to change based on like our life season and and how what we're learning how we're evolving all that stuff yeah um which is i i find personally really freeing yes. um the, one of the main questions that I like ask people when they're like, I don't know what to do next. I feel stuck. I feel confused. All that is like, what if you were to look immediately at your family, at the barista you see every day, at your coworkers, who needs your help? That might be a really good place to like start trying to, to move and just like see, see what you, what you like, what God does with that. Yeah. Um, and starting to kind of like piece through from there, like, oh, it feels really good when I get to sit and talk with someone for a really long time. Like, I feel like I'm actually a really good listener and can provide a lot of encouragement. Like that's you executing your purpose, which is, which is good. A lot of times us living into our purpose feels really good, which almost goes against yeah. the like feeling the, when we were like talking about how doubt feels really bad and we have to like learn how to piece through those things often us living into a sense of purpose or living our everyday lives as purposed individuals um, feels, feels good. It doesn't always. So like if it, if it feels bad, don't immediately throw it out. Like that's, <laughs> right. not, that's not what we're going for. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's something that God wants for us. He wants us to like enjoy <laughs> serving him and like living into our purpose. Um, yeah. 
something else I've been like kind of talking through with, with some of my clients is like in this realm of like, did I mishear? Am I wrong? So often that question comes up when we see somebody else doing what we're doing. Like, and we start to think like, oh, but if she's doing that, then I must've been wrong because we can't both do that thing. Um, Wow. And there's uh, my, uh, I was trained or like licensed by Go and Tell Gals, which is run by Jess Connolly, who's like the freaking best. Love her. And she, (laughs) I know. Um, She's amazing. One of the things she says really regularly, and I need this reminder every day, is there is no competition in the kingdom of God. There's no competition in the kingdom of God. Like just scream it at yourself. Read it in the Bible because it's there in different words. Like he has so equipped each of us specifically, but that does not mean that if someone else is doing what you're doing, that you are competing with them. You are parallel running towards the same goal, which is phenomenal. I I had a friend once who... Um, there's like a group of us and myself and this other woman do a real, we do really similar things. And I was telling her about like my new, like coaching thing and how I was working on it. And I kept saying like, oh, but it's not like yours. Like I'm not stepping on your territory. And our third friend was like, y'all, all this means that you're doing the same thing is that you have heard the heartbeat of the Holy spirit and it is wow. rippling. And so the more we see people doing what we're doing, that's actually really good confirmation that we're doing it right. That, that we like- that- Wow. That's amazing. I know that we got the same message that changed everything for me. Like that there, there is no competition. I do not have to experience doubt, doubt and jealousy are friends. They love Mm -hmm. to hang out. Um, and that has been super helpful for me when I experience, which I do like at least once a week, like, was that dumb? Was this wrong? It got hard. So maybe I should like stop for a second or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's doing that too. Um, to remember that it, I'm not fighting with anybody. I'm not even fighting my past self. I'm just walking forward towards a vision. And if someone else is doing it too, that just means we're stronger together. And that's not a message that we tell women ever. Right. So, yeah. But that's something God wants for his daughters. Yes. To be oh together. My gosh. Yeah. Ugh. What a powerful way to flip the script because I've never even heard that concept before. And that's something that I, I mean, the comparison thing, oh my gosh, that'll fuel doubt. But just that alone, like realizing this doesn't mean it's taking away from you. That means like, wow, we're headed in the same direction towards the same goal. God must be doing something. Mm -hmm. How awesome that we get to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I'm like legit smiling so big. I I just, (laughs) it is to live countercultural does not look like we think it looks. We think it means we don't get to get drunk all the time and have a terrible time as high school students. Right. <laughs> like it really means that we get to live in a world where there's not competition and we all get to like live and pursue something that brings us joy together and be stronger for it. Like that's countercultural and yes. that's like such an incredible blessing. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I think about that a lot too. Cause you mentioned, um, resting as well. And I feel like mm-hmm. that alone, like sets us apart from the world because it's so, it's such in a hurry, like little things like living by faith, like supporting and encouraging others instead of trying to compete, learning to rest, like learning all of those simple lessons that feed into purpose. Mm-hmm. It not only like sets us apart, but it chokes out the doubt. Like yeah. all that other stuff starts to die off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's 
it's amazing. It is it's like it was designed that way. What right. a shock. Um, right? We overcomplicate it so much. We do. I, the slowness thing in particular, I have found incredibly helpful because doubt, like anxiety, because they feel almost exactly the same in the body, is like not something to be afraid of. Like they come along, they come together. Like we, we feel fear and anxiety when we doubt, but that doesn't mean we have to be afraid of doubt. Like we mm. are allowed to sit with that. There is time. God is yes. not pressuring us to resolve it quickly. He, he is outside of time and he is unchanging. He knows he's unchanging. Like, and he knows that like, if we are doubting his goodness, if we are doubting his plan, if we are doubting how he's going to use our story or like make anything good out of this garbage 2020 year, like God is perfectly comfortable with like spending time with you while you resolve that. And Mm -hmm. in a world that moves too fast, there's not time for that. There's, there's only time to be at the whim of what everybody else says about you and obey when you get canceled. There is right. only time for you to like make as fast decisions as possible for you to choose your college major now, to start your business now. And there's not time to sit at the feet of Jesus and be like, is this real? What do you, what do you think? And then like, wait for an answer, even if yeah. it takes a while. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the kingdom economy, there's time. And I have to like con- continually convince myself, not even convince myself. I have to continually believe the true thing, that there is time yes. for me to have doubt. And that's okay. I'm allowed to sit with it. And like God made space for me yes. <laughs> for, to do that. That's so beautiful. And, and I think about that sometimes too, how sometimes the questions we have, like God's not afraid of our questions. I think those sorts of things, like doubt is an opportunity for us to lean in a little closer to him and understand his heart a little bit more. And so as we're talking through this and I know people are like, okay, so then what do I do? Cause like, I'm really struggling with doubt. <laughs> so yeah. how do we overcome doubt when we're feeling it? How do we grow our faith, grow our confidence, all those things? Like, how does that actually, <laughs> how do we actually do it? How does it actually happen? Yeah. yeah. That is a phenomenal it's such a good question. I love that you actually asked that and you're not just like, let's spiritualize this and then walk away. <laughs> right. um, I think actually based on what we were just talking about, I want to start here that doubt, as we have been talking about, is at its core, do I trust this thing? And sometimes that's the enemy being like, hey, let's have you, let me try to get you to stop trusting something trustworthy. I think more often than not, it is the Lord being like, you're trusting the wrong thing and I need you to trust me because Mm. it'll be better for everyone specifically. (laughs) Um, And I think that really starts with getting honest about our own worldview before the father. And when we experience doubt to approach it with curiosity and not fear that like God is not afraid of our questions. God has all the time in the world to work it out with you. As I think something I want to almost like tangentially bring up is the experience of doubt and like questioning and slowness and working through with the Lord. That's, that's beautiful. That's not sinful in any way. There's no shame on that. Acting in fear, acting out of doubt. That's where God has a problem because that's disobedience. And so that's just to, to bring that up. That does not give us a free pass to be like, 
ah, I will just take all the time in the world to like mess around and try to figure it all out because God's really clear about a lot of stuff in his word and we don't get to look at it and be like, oh, you were serious about that? Like we're allowed to wrestle with questions, but make sure that when we're, when we're acting, that it is from a place of faith and not mm. from a place of disobedience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sitting before, before the father for as long as you need to be like, this is what I believe and this is what you say, and I can't reconcile them. And currently, I'm doubting you and trusting myself. Please help my unbelief. That is like, I was talking about this at some like church chapel a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, actually, um, about the Proverbs 3 like five and six verse. It's like, trust in the Lord with all your heart, which we can read that verse and really have it feel like trust in the Lord with all your heart and it will all be good. Right. Um, (laughs) But that's not what it says. It's about the Lord directing our path, which we can really easily be like directing our our purpose and our calling. Mm -hmm. Um, And that verse to me is so connected to the story of Jesus healing, um, bringing a dead girl back to life. Um, And the man before him, like telling him, I, I believe you. I know I don't believe you enough. Can you help my unbelief? And that prayer counts as faith. That counts yes. as fighting doubt. It does not mean you internalize and believe the thing yet. God wants you to get there. He's working to get you there. That's called wholeness and he's working on it for you. Yes. But we get to pray, I don't believe you. Help. Like that counts. That's fighting doubt. Yes. Um, and I, I think we, we just said this, we overcomplicate the heck out of everything. And that's, I think that's the enemy right there, trying mm-hmm. to confuse us, trying to destroy us, trying to tell us it's not enough just to ask for help. It's totally. not enough just to do the next thing. You, it has to be perfect. It has to feel right. You have to be confident. Um, that's not what God says. God says, yes. in your weakest, I am strongest. When you are at your weakest, you get the most access to my strength. When you are doubting me the most, you will be closest to the truth. All you got to do is ask to show up. And mm. that feels horribly countercultural. And is, yes. I'm sure everyone listening is like, it doesn't count. It counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so good. I was thinking about this last week because we're in a season right now where um, Christopher, my husband and I are just, we're in the beginning stages of businesses and projects and starting these new things. And mm. I've just been praying like, God, give us opportunities and give us the finances and give us all the things. And like, we've been given opportunities. It's not necessarily what I prayed for, but I realized last week, wow, God loves us so much. He's doing such a deeper work than giving us success in our businesses. Mm-hmm. He actually wants us to work through some hard stuff so that mm. we'll have deeper unity in our marriage, so that we'll yeah. be better parents, better friends, that we will be more generous people that are not motivated by fear and doubt. And I was like, that's mind blowing for me because yeah. as a woman, as an Enneagram three, as someone who is bombarded by all the voices on social media and in my world, even in Christian culture, I feel like my goal is to figure out my purpose, check all the boxes, have a lot of pretty accomplishments that I can, um, list behind my name, you know, like something big and fancy to leave behind here when my time on earth is done. And it's just so, so much deeper than that. And I think it starts with asking him those questions. It comes with just getting still, letting yourself face the doubt, like Mm -hmm. working through those things, really exactly what you said. 
Oh, that's so good. Thank you for your, your vulnerability. I, I love when we have these moments on podcasts because I, I'm a relative stranger to you and I'm so grateful <laughs> that you are like willing to share with me and with like all your people, um, that that's, that's where you're at. That's so real. And I, yeah. um, someone said, and I like jotted it down. Um, I am willing to believe that what God is doing in me is better than what I asked him for. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, what he's doing in me while I wait is better than what I'm waiting for. Like that is so not default setting. Like yeah. that, that takes so much work, but you're right in the kingdom economy. It's, it's upside down. It's backwards. It doesn't make sense. It feels incorrect. <laughs> um, yeah, but the more that we're willing to do that, the more it actually does start feeling like warfare. It does start feeling like fighting back. When we're not used to that, it feels useless, air quotes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the more that we practice that, the more that that becomes a real physical tool that we know that we get to wield. I think something that like really connects to that is you got to know who you are. Like you, mm. you have to be in scripture. I don't say a lot of like, you must to any Christian, anybody, but you have to be in scripture. It is the only unchanging thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We get to experience God in an incredible number of ways through prayer, through communication with others, through nature, through like physical embodiment. It's incredible. Right. But all of those things are, we have a filter on scripture is unchanging. And I think especially for the women who are listening to this, who are growing up um, and coming of age and learning about themselves and about the world in an era where we are supposed to be deconstructing everything and Mm -hmm. progressive Christianity says scripture is whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Like it is, I think, even more important that we like really know the, the, the scripture. We really know, like you went to Bible college, you love the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) It's super valuable. Spend time there. Practice believing God so that when you're yes. tempted to place your trust in anything else, you've already learned and found and proven to yourself that there is no place more solid than Christ. Yes. Um, he also, God never contradicts himself. So if you, like, this is a, this is the doubt test. If you are experiencing doubt and you're trying to figure out, like, did God say this or did the enemy say this? Go bring it to scripture. And that can mean go bring it to your pastor. Like, go bring it to someone who knows scripture better than you. The Lord will not contradict himself. If he's Mm. telling you to move and go somewhere that is against what he said is holy and good and right in scripture, don't do the thing. Mm. You should be, you should be doubting that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's given me, that's given me so much freedom that I get to learn how to trust in the Lord by reading his scripture. And I never get to make decisions without running it by him first. Like Mm. that both feels like a chain and also like freedom. Like it feels frustrating where I'm like, I just want to do it. But it's also like, I, I am allowed to ask the creator if this is good and he'll tell me, like (laughs) he likes to answer his kids when we really talk with him about stuff. Right. Um, So that to me is like, such freedom. And that requires doing that all the time, not just when you're doubting and not just about what you're doubting about. That like, as we practice going before the Lord, learning about him, testing our own will against his will, we start to actually know his voice. And so it's much easier to distinguish between that voice of our shepherd and everybody else. Yes. Oh, that's, that's so good. I feel like it really is a proactive work of just yes. being rooted because um, I had someone kind of use the illustration of people at a mint making money, you know, in order for them to spot a counterfeit, they don't study counterfeits. 
They study the real thing. Then they can know the difference as soon as it comes past because they're so familiar with the truth, they can spot a lie right away. It has to be that way for us because otherwise we will be so confused. We won't even know where to turn. I, yeah, I, I totally I, agree. Oh my gosh. I just like had a real reaction to that. <laughs> that is, that's so good. I love that analogy. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think even a little bit connected to that is when people are making money, they're not expecting everything to be perfect. They are expecting lies. They're expecting, like expect doubt, expect yes. that to happen. I think this is so funny. And I laugh at myself and I also help my clients laugh at themselves when inevitably I make space in my calendar for three to five days after I have a session with someone and we have action steps. They're going to text me and say, <laughs> I think I'm wrong. I'm like, yes. yeah, because you stepped in faith. Yes. Like, yes. That is expectant. The the kind of the like gist of this for me, as I was like writing this out, I was like, you should expect doubt. And by the end, I was angry. Do we not take ourselves, the kingdom of God, the work of God in us as seriously as the enemy? Do we not think there is like a real, something real going on here that this is not just about how much money you get to make with your business, how fulfilled you feel at your like Mm -hmm. cool, fancy job at whatever it is that you're like, this has got to be the end all be all of me stepping out in kingdom work. Do we not take that seriously? Because the enemy takes it seriously. This is why you doubt. He brings it immediately. He knows the fastest way to get you to slow down and stop is to get you to like not trust that what you're doing is worth it. That means mm. it's worth it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I, I have chills. I'm so fired up right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, and this is, I feel mostly fired up because it's me talking to me. Like this is, right. I need this all the time. I was praying this morning and I was like, Holy Spirit, I, I have some thoughts. I don't think I have great thoughts. I need you to, I need you to preach to me. I like, I need, I need this real bad. And I'm going to listen to this podcast episode a lot. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I need this. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that's the thing is like, there's no one an expert in this. We're never going to arrive at some point where we know it all and we'll never be swayed by doubt. It's an ongoing thing, but like everything we've already said, it's just a prompt for us to lean closer into Jesus. Yes. Yes. And I think that's such the work of the enemy to like bring shame upon something that the Lord wants to use for such good. Like he wants you to be closer. And somehow we have allowed the enemy like deeply pervasively in church culture to, to let us believe that if we are doubting that that is bad and we should like shut up and be silent and be alone. Mm. Like if you are doubting, if you're experiencing any sin at all, specifically if you're doubting, you need people. Like you gotta, you gotta get out of the shame. Shame wants to make you small and isolated and alone. Like you have to fight that. Choose your people, get them alongside you. People that you can be really honest about and say what you feel like are the most terrible thoughts you've ever had about your faith. Trust me, God is not scared. And if you pick the right people, they're not going to be scared either. They're going to be really willing to be like, man, I too have thought that God is not good. Like you, you are allowed to say that. Yes. Like that's, there are people that want to help you like work through that and build depth and build intimacy and fight the lie that 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 your doubt is drawing you away from God because it's not, it's literally his call to you to come closer. Yes. Oh, I, that, that is so, so good. And I love that you touched on the community aspect and accountability and just people having people. We need that 
as we process doubt and all of life because shame, which is a huge one that I'm glad you brought up too. Like that's a huge aspect of doubting shame. It cannot live in the light. It cannot survive when we're vulnerable. As soon as we speak, as soon as we bring it to the people that we love and trust who are committed to helping us process this journey, it just suddenly fizzles out and we're like, huh, it's not as big as I thought it was. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we just need a reality check sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this goes back to what you were saying about that, like counterfeit thing, which I'm just going to burn into my brain. Love it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Get people who know what's real. There's, this is such a stupid analogy, but I use it all the time. Uh, In the Hunger Games, excellent YA trilogy. (laughs) Um, In that last book, when the main character, Peta, is like basically brainwashed, he asks everybody all the time, real or not real? And Mm -hmm. that is like kind of a tool that I've adopted. I struggle or not so much anymore, but I used to really deeply struggle with anxiety, panic attacks all the time, Mm -hmm. which I can be a really similar feeling when you're in a season of like deep doubt where you're just like not confident what's real anymore. Everything feels off, off. And to have people around you and the personal vulnerability to ask real or not real is, I think, super valuable. And like they will help you learn the voice of God. And I think that's, that's so important. That community aspect is, is so key. Yeah. Yes, totally. Wow. That's so good. So as we're wrapping up, what would you say to the woman who's just in the place of doubt right now? doubting herself, doubting her calling, doubting God, what would you say? Yeah, I would, I think I would echo what we just said. There is no shame on you. There's no shame on you. None at all. Doubt will drive you into the dark. It will make you feel alone and unlovable and small, but doubt and faithfulness are not at odds. You don't have to, if you're experiencing doubt, especially if it's doubt about your faith, if you are like coming out of a tough church culture. If you are coming out of maybe like, like we were talking about coming out of a Christian bubble of sorts and you are feeling shocked (laughs) to your core, that is allowed. You can still be faithful merely by saying, I, I'm doubtful. God help. Like that's, that's allowed. Don't let doubt do the single thing it's designed to do, which is destroy your identity. Like you don't, you don't have to let it do that. You're allowed to wrestle and not be destroyed. Actually, the Lord promises that you won't be destroyed. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also would say, like we just mentioned, practically get people around you. You got to bring these people, bring people in that are really going to walk with you and bring you truth and support you, but not rush you. Mm. I think, I think a lot of times, at least me personally, I get scared to bring doubt or like other shortcomings that I need accountability and support for to other people because I'm nervous they're going to be like, well, I don't struggle with that. That's dumb. Please get over it. Um, <laughs> and there are, pe- there are definitely people like that. I'm sure one of the reasons perhaps you haven't brought this before others is because you've had a negative experience with how one-on-one humans deal mm-hmm. with your doubt. I really encourage you to try again to find somebody, even if it's a professional, like there are lots of great Christian therapists that specialize in helping you work through doubt. It doesn't have to be a therapist. You can be a coach or a pastor, mentor, yeah. or whatever, but yeah, get those, get those folks with you. It's a process. It's allowed to be a process. And I just want to leave you with the reminder that you, you're so loved, so loved 
God will never shame you into trust. He will love you into trust. So you can, you can count on that as you, as you wrestle through whatever you're going through. And we're here and we love you. <laughs> yes. I echo all of that, man. That's so beautiful and so good. I just really appreciate you taking the time to share your own story and just all the insights that you've learned along the way. I know I'm seriously going to be listening back to this because this was so good and your girl struggles with doubt. (laughs) So thank you so much. Um, You guys, I know we didn't get super, super into like step-by-step practical, what to do, where to start with purpose and overcoming doubt and all that stuff. But let me tell you, Victoria has amazing resources available and she's just launched a new coaching program. But Victoria, would you please tell everybody where can they connect with you? Where can they find out more about working with you? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I just want to, one more time, I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to chat with you and all of you listening. I, I love you. I'm obsessed with you. Um, this was such a, such a blessing to, to my whole life. Um, but yeah, you can connect with me. I'd love to chat with you um, over on Instagram. That's where I mostly hang out. You can find me at Victoria underscore Greenwald. Um, and then my website is victoriagreenwald.net, which is where you can find a bunch of blog posts, blog posts and resources. Um, and yeah, this new program that I've got going on, I work, uh, specifically with women in ministry, work with lots of people, but women in ministry, um, are are really my, my calling there. I, um, this new program I'm launching works with, with those women and helping them really develop private, personal, spiritualized that support the ministry they know that they're called to. Mm -hmm. I know that this generation, I've talked to so many of you, um, and I'm, I'm in this generation, just want to reiterate, I'm 25. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm young. Um, we're so over these leaders, these massive leaders of churches falling because they don't have the authentic spiritual life that the Lord desires for them. That's what we've talked about kind of in this whole episode is, is having that deeply rooted, grounded identity. Um, and I take all the wonderful spiritual disciplines that are outlined in scripture and I work with women and I help them develop uh, spiritual discipline rhythms that are tailored to their specific gifts and their calling. Um, and I help them build lives that make really massive impact the way that the Lord has designed for them. So yeah, I'm super amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. You guys definitely need to go connect with Victoria. She's always talking and teaching about things like this. And I'm always encouraged by her. I know you will be too. And I, I know like we've said already, this has been a conversation (laughs) we've had talking to ourselves as well. So I hope that you've walked away just feeling encouraged. Like she said, no shame. This is just a process. And I'm so grateful um, for all of you being here with us today. And Victoria, thank you so much for being here. This has been wonderful. Absolutely. It's been such a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords podcast. I love having you here and I'm so grateful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode and tag me to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram and in the ByWords community group, which you can find links for in the show notes. Until next time, stay brave and remember, I'm cheering you on.